Welcome to Nerd Sports. Today we're going to talk about, uh, what are we talking about? Because I didn't hear anything in the news for anything, and I, I can't even make a joke because there's nothing really, other than other than the uh, uh, horse, and this is the last week and I totally forgot. Oh, the Kentucky Derby, yeah. Yeah, they ended up uh, having it to where um, it's steroids. Apparently, you yeah, can't do that with horses now. Well, it's a therapeutic thing to help the horses recover, but you have to stop two weeks prior to a race, from what I understand. And uh, that way, it's purged from the horse's system. And I'm like, okay. Now, horses do, using PEDs, I get it. Yeah, we know that's bad. We don't, we don't want to do that. But the jockeys, the jockeys are not allowed to use PEDs. I'm like, okay. That, I yeah. Just, to me, I can't wrap my head around it because you're on the horse. You I mean, whip the, the horse, and you're like four foot seven. No, no, no. You know? the, other, the, other thing, the only thing I can actually think of on that, I'm going to have to turn this down a little bit. There we go. The only thing I can actually think on that is if he gets too much uh, muscle mass in his, uh, his uh, thigh area, yeah. and he's squeezing the horse, and he breaks a couple of the horse's ribs, that's the only thing I can think of. I don't know. Um, uh, some of the uh, kind of, I, I don't want to say that they're bigger stories because people are making them bigger stories than they actually need to be. Uh, Fenway has been cleared for full capacity attendance uh, starting May 29th. And now you, you start to hear all these, like, you start to see all these, like, liberal comments in, in, in the Facebook threads uh, or, you know, on Twitter. and And it's like, oh, well, you know, I won't be going to a game because I think that's too soon. And it's like, we know who the hell you voted for. You know, down here in Texas, we've been doing games at 100% capacity for, you know, every game so yeah, far this and, year. Uh, and, he, and our cases are still declining. Yeah. Abbott's even taken away the $300 come uh, uh, the end of June. He's like, we don't need it. Stop. Just go to work. Yeah. And I finally... Uh, what what's really good is uh, my job's actually uh, uh, hiring up again. So really, I already put it up in the application and everything, and for that, so yeah. So I mean, but you know, you get all these people, you know, and it's like, okay, uh, well, you and I have discussed it kind of off camera before. Um, yeah, you're hearing, it. yeah, that's that's on your end. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you and I have discussed it before. Yeah. Where. Um, you know, it's like we, we hear, you know, you sit there and listen to these other teams' radio broadcasts, and a lot of teams are having their, their broadcast team, you know, broadcast uh, uh, crews commentate, you know, call games remotely from their home stadiums, right? Which I find just, okay. For live sports, that's actually really uh, disconcerting. Well, well, I mean, because you're not, you're, you're. It's basically just watching on TV with another person. Yeah, it's it's, it's like watching TV with extra steps, you know. To quote Rick Sanchez, you know. Yeah. For you know, but uh, I'm just like okay, Love this, yeah. right? You know, it's like it's just it's just watching TV with extra steps, but uh, it's you basically know. inviting a person in that sometimes you like, but sometimes you don't. Right. You know. And I mean, I. I enjoy listening to the radio broadcasts uh, for baseball games. It's a little bit more, you know, imagination intensive. Uh, you really have to pay attention. Whereas you watch games on TV, you can you have the luxury of zoning out. Yeah. You know. Well, that's the whole point of zoning out. I mean, I'm watching TV like that and being uh, being able to zone out. Yeah. But. Uh, and some in in uh, okay. So other news around baseball, real quick. Um, the uh, uh, Kevin Pillar uh, okay. plays for the Mets. Mm-hmm. He got drilled in the face with a 94 and a half mile an hour fastball Monday Ooh. night. Yeah, um, uh, they were playing the Braves. So, uh, and I mean, it hit him square in the face. I mean, the ball came in on him. It was a rising fastball. The ball tailed in towards the hitter because he's a right-handed hitter, and it just. I mean, like, it just annihilated his face. He had blood pouring out of his face. Um, but uh, he, he tweeted out this morning, you know, he was, he was thanking everybody for reaching out to him, that he was fine. Um, 
So, I mean, it's good to see. Now, you know, and some of the things that I, I see as far as, like, becoming a trend in baseball, you know, we're getting into this uh, launch angle era where hitters are more concerned about the launch angle of the ball coming off the bat so it affects the way that they swing. And, and kind of, to me, what it looks like, the, the pitchers are trying to compensate by throwing harder. You know, they're trying to blow it past. And you know, they're hurlers now instead of pitchers. And Yeah, there's no real finesse to it. Right. But the problem with higher velocity pitching is the lack of control. You're going to get these guys, they're going to throw 95, 96, 97 miles an hour. Some guys can throw 100, 102. Uh, Raldis Chapman can throw 105. Okay. If you can't control those speeds, don't fucking do it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, is it really worth being able to say you can throw a baseball that hard if you can't control it because you're risking hitting that batter? I mean, yes, granted, there's a degree of risk with every at-bat. You know, like when I go see my kid play his Little League games, kid's getting plunked all the time. You know, granted, those balls are only moving at 40, 50 miles an hour, maybe 60 depending on – the, the pitching skill of the kid on the on the on the bump, but well, the only thing you can actually have, and a better <sighs> reference to that is, uh, if you buy like a, a really fast car, you buy a really fast car. To, I mean, even me, I I've, yeah, and yeah, I've had a fast cars and everything like that, but I've actually do did uh, due diligence and I've learned how to control that. Yeah, it's about throttle control. It's about being able to understand the balance and the center of gravity and things like that. So, I mean, this is the part of that conversation, your, your, your point of reference, where we can ruffle feathers by saying, yeah, take note, Mustang owners, just because you've got the power to put down on the wheels doesn't mean that you necessarily have to mash it every time you turn a corner to try to do a burnout. Yeah. But uh, uh, something else that uh, happened over the weekend that uh, was uh, of note, um, last week the Angels – designated for assignment they released albert pulhos at the end of his 10-year contract that he had with them albert pulhos obviously he's going to be you know he he's 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 heading for the hall of fame you know after he retires the 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 five-year requirement uh post-retirement is when you become eligible but um i i very very i doubt very seriously that he's going to need but maybe one time around he'll be a first ballot hall of famer in my opinion uh, the now, only other news I can see for well, baseball is the... Uh, hold on. Wasn't done. Oh. Wasn't done. He, he signed a contract with the Dodgers to, 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 for one year. And, uh, you know, everybody was like, well, you know, they, he, he, you know everybody's like, well, this is going to be his last year. He should go back to St. Louis and finish it all where it started. Uh, there was a lot of, lot of consensus about that. But, you know, you started breaking down, like, the roster that St. Louis has got. I mean, the, the National League doesn't have a designated hitter. They've already got a first baseman, which is with the position that Albert Pujols fields anyway. Because um, whenever they go to a National League park and they have to play by the National League rules, that's what he does. That's what he's been doing for the last nine years. That, that's one thing I never really understand is the different roles and different sizes. Well, the, with the National League, it's more of a strategy-type game. Uh, the American League, it's always been called the junior circuit. and you know, I'm just like, whatever. Um, the, the American League's set up more for power. Um, they're, they're more hitter-centric. I mean, yeah, the, the pitchers, they can specialize in doing what they do because all they do is pitch. Um, you do see a lot of... Um, Pitchers, they they like to try and, you know, try their hand at at, at hitting. Uh, some of them are really good at it. Um, you know, uh, Madison Bumgarner. I mean, he pitches for the the Diamondbacks this year. He he's a really great hitter. He's 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 gone yard a few times, uh, but with the American League style of play, where you have the designated hitter, I mean, you can get that one guy. You know, I mean, it's almost like that's the kind of the, the, the league that everybody kind of goes to, the, the, especially the power hitters. They can really settle into that role, and they don't have to worry about fielding unless they go to a National League park where they have to pick up their glove every, like maybe four or five times a year. But um, but with uh, with the Dodgers kind of swoop, swooping in and, and signing pull hose, it really kind of caught people off guard. At least that was my, my take on it. Um, and then he shows up last night, 
in a Dodgers uniform, and it just didn't look right at all. You know, I mean, you get used to seeing a guy in one or two uniforms, and then all of a sudden here he comes in, and he's wearing basically <laughs> the National League's version of the Yankees uniform. You don't want to say the guy sold out because, I mean, he wants to play, and he just needed a place to play. The Dodgers gave him that opportunity. It was kind of a, an easy move for him because he was already living in the Los Angeles area playing for Anaheim and just said, you know what, screw it. I'll just go to work across town instead of where I've been going for the last nine years. And so, um, I mean, he, did he get a pay boost for that? No, no, no. So it's just him wanting to play the game. Yeah, it's just him wanting to play the game. I mean, I think – let me see if I can find – what was it? Um, it was – I mean, and, and – I mean, he he was productive last night, so, I mean, he, he did drive in a run. But uh, let me see here. See if I can find the – yeah, he went one for, one for four last night with an RBI single. But um, it doesn't really kind of go into the details of his contract. Uh, I think they may might come back out with that later. Uh, you know, I mean, because somebody's going to figure it out. But you know, uh, do I do I agree with the move? Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I mean, yeah, it, it might be a cool place for him to finish out his career. The uh, the nostalgists out there, myself included, would love to see him maybe you know do like an take a page out of the NFL's playbook and sign a one one day contract and retire as a Cardinal. Um, you know, because, I mean, when he goes into the Hall of Fame, if he doesn't go into the Hall of Fame wearing a Cardinals hat, that's going to be almost considered a crime against humanity, considering the fact that, you know, a majority of the milestones that he hit in his career and his accolades and, and, and championships, I mean, the two championships that he won were with the Cardinals. But, uh, you know, so, I mean, the, that, that was kind of the big thing in, in baseball. Um, uh, let me see here. Well, I just seen something that okay. All right, let me actually click on it. Uh, Yankees COVID outbreak up to nine cases. CDC to look into breakthrough positives. Yeah. Um, they have nine members that have COVID. Now, do not get me sideways here. Um, yeah, I was just saying. Well, no, and it, it's not, and it's not because of the, it's the Yankees. I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're players. Yeah, and. You know, these guys that are on the last year of a contract, next year when they become free agents, they could sign and become a member of the Red Sox. They could become a member of any other uh, of the other teams across the major league. Um, and you want to see them do well. You just don't want to see them do well in a Yankees uniform, at least I don't. But that aside, you know, when you put your objectivity hat on, you know, you, you, you really don't want to see that. And I think a lot of it is, you know – the way that they handle the, the 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 restrictions up in New York. I really do. I think that that's got a lot to do with it. You see people walking around in public with masks on still in New York City. And it's like, why? Why is that necessary? Well, aside from the fact that you've probably got, what, five, six million people jammed into the area, the, the, the size of Fort Worth. Yeah. You know? Well, you also have – I went to the – post office and that's considered a federal property so you have to wear a mask <clears throat> or going on to the base and everything base was a little different i had to wear the mask yeah and going up to the post office it's like everybody was not wearing a mask i was like oh just gonna take this off now toss it in the trash yeah but it's it's to the point where you get so much condescending uh uh, feedback from actual people that think they know that they're talking about. And I hate to say it, that I mean, if you go up and you go, oh, you don't have to wear a mask. Oh, you have to wear a mask. Oh, you have to double up on mask. You have to, I'm like, really? You're just. Yeah, the doubling is up on masks. Paying you, is, 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 paying is it me or is it the double, doubling up on the masks? Does that kind of like fall into the faulty logic of like doubling up on a condom? Because you know that that doesn't work, right? You know, so I mean, it's, you know, all we're doing by doubling up on masks and wearing Don't masks when. Open up. 
Hey, you know oh, what? I I, to, I opened the door for you. You chose to just stand it's there. Like, it's like it's like uh, pulling out twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I guess. I, I'm just not gonna fight with you on that one. Um, but you know, but I mean, as far as like the the active cases or the cases that they think that they've got coming down, you know, specifically with that organization. You know, I don't know if the other organizations are still having problems with it or if it's just because it's the Yankees that are more high profile and everybody just seems to kind of jump on that bandwagon because, well, you know, it's an, it's, it's, it, it, it's an easy, you know, uh, high click count yeah, it's know, just something type that, article. Uh, it's, but it, it gets to the point where uh, it's like what I was saying on our channel and everything like that. It, our channel is very, very hard to find. Uh, if you look at if you actually find us, it we're on uh, Facebook. I post that uh, it on there, so you can click on it. And sometimes even subscribing and everything. I mean, unless you like and subscribe it, which you should do. You should, yeah, and and you know click that little bell and say all instead of none, yeah. and you'll get notified when we post new material. If if you actually like us, but well, we also give free T-shirts to people that comment. Just. Uh, Randomly. But it's got to be good comments. You can't throw something easy out there. No low hanging fruit. I mean, well, not well. That, I mean, it, it's got to it be relevant. A, if it gets a lot of comments and everything for the t-shirts, I'm gonna have to do it randomly. I'm sorry. Maybe well, no. Know. Okay, so if we start getting a lot of comments because people are trying to score themselves a free shirt, you know what? Comments with the most likes. Yeah. That's an easy way to fix it. Yeah, that's true. So you know, and you see other channels doing it, but you know, why not? Why not us? You know, it's like yeah. uh, it was. Uh, uh, the the Red Sox and you know 04 Red Sox Nation in 04 everybody's like well why not us you know I mean they further they got into the playoffs and everything it's like well why not us yeah. and then you started hearing things like cowboy up but we're getting off track so yeah I mean we, if yeah. we we can really get into you know we start getting more traffic in our comment sections the comments with the most likes or the comments that we feel drop the biggest knowledge bomb you know. Uh, or just one of those comments that really stops the conversation in the comment section dead cold because somebody was just completely savage. Hey, you know what? Kudos. You put forth the uh, cognitive elbow grease to, to, to enlighten the rest of the world. Yeah, you know, we'll throw you a t-shirt so that way you can, uh, you know, cover up your man boobs or whatever it is that you're, you know, sporting these days and you're, you know, on the other side of the screen. <laughs> man boobs. I like that one. And uh, and and if you just want to, we'll, uh, we'll sell the shirts. But um, oh yeah, real quick. Okay, so you know that Boston had these uh, city connectors. These they were yellow and blue and looked like looked like the UCLA Bruins, you know, yeah, uniform, right? <clears throat> well, it's going to be a reoccurring theme throughout the course of the, of the season. Uh, Major League Baseball is just going to rotate teams. They're going to pick like maybe. One or two teams a month. I think the the, the, the frequency is going to become higher and higher till the end of the season. The next City Connect um, uh, jerseys is going to be for the Miami Marlins, and it is. Uh, <clears throat> I'll, put, I'll 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 send you the link so that way we can post the picture of it on the on the on the video. Okay. But uh, it. It's a, it's, it's a Cuban-inspired uniform. Miami honors Sugar Kings in the new City Connect look. Here, I'll, I'll, turn, I'll turn the iPad so you can see it. That. Sugar Kings? Sugar Kings. I, you know, and... and um, I thought they called those barons, sugar barons. <sighs> Why did they upgrade to kings? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, so, did. you know, I mean, it's like, okay, so the Sugar Kings is basically... Well, no, Sugar Kings is a... Uh, it's a it's a Latin baseball league or you know baseball oh, team. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That so you know, it, I mean, they've they've got a lot of uh, you know they got a lot of influence on baseball. You know, not baseball, but baseball is how they say it. Um, you know, across Latin America, um, you know, of course, Nike's in there trying to do the whole cash grab thing. It's like, oh hey, look at us. Um, I, I finally managed to scrap, you know, to score myself a uh, a replica Nike baseball jersey. Um, the other day, uh, it was on sale online. So I, I grabbed one, uh, and it you know, the reason why it was on sale is because the player doesn't play for Boston anymore, but Andrew Benatendi, dude, we need him back like in a bad way. 
Like, seriously, that was a terrible, terrible trade. But I digress. So, um, so I mean, Miami, the, the Marlins Stadium is already in the middle of, like, Little Havana, down there in Miami anyway. So, I mean, the, you're going to expect those jerseys to be really, really popular. Um, Miami's a little bit more crafty as far as the knockoff market's going to be concerned, so be on the lookout for those as well. But those home games, when those the, that 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 home series, when that when those jerseys are going to be, you know, featured, that's going to be probably. I mean, you're not going to see a lot of people in the stands, but you'll see a lot of people walking around with those jerseys on. Okay. You know, and 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 I think a lot of it is. You know, baseball is really kind of a. I mean, it's a great distraction for some of the people in Florida. You know, because you get those diehards that move to Florida from other regions of the country. But I just think that the market for a sustainable, you know, sustainable baseball fan base that's dedicated to one team or the other, it's just really, it's it's really hit or miss. I mean, when Derek Jeter, <clears throat> excuse me, when Derek Jeter bought the Marlins, <clears throat> good lord. When Derek Jeter bought the Marlins, he uh, more? oh just drank some more coffee. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when Derek Jeter, Jeter bought the Marlins, he one of the first things that he did was he took out that atrocious piece of artwork that was out there in dead, sta- uh, dead center uh, center field. Um, the thing oh, was is that the, the original ownership group of the Marlins, <clears throat> when they when they built that new stadium, they put this artwork out there. That was mechanical, and it activated every time somebody hit a home run, right? Uh, it, it was a, you know, every every time the home team hit a home run. This thing had like a, had a Marlin, and it just, it just looked like, uh, a Bob Ross would not classify this as a happy accident. I mean, this thing was atrocious, you know? So one of the things that Eric Jeter did was he immediately took that sculpture out, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but with, with, I mean, the Jersey to me, the Jersey doesn't look that bad. Um, it's not in your face. I mean, it's, it's got that gaudy, gaudy kind of like a tangerine blood orange, you know, blood orange, orange. Yeah. Uh, the pinstripes I kind of dig, you know, cause I mean, it kind of looks like, uh, the old, uh, like the zoot suits of the thirties and forties. What? Wait a were, were the Marlins in a different place? Oh, well, they they were the Florida Marlins for the longest time, and then they just became the Miami Marlins. Oh God, yeah, you're right. That was horrible. That is. There's like two of them, is there? What two jerseys? No. No, not the jerseys. The artwork. Uh, I think it was it was one big sculpture, but I think that they kind of like combined it. But it, it was a mechanical piece of artwork, and it was atrocious. You'd hear yeah, commentators from other, you know, the visiting teams come in, and they're like, yep, yeah, man, there's that, there's that ugly thing out there in center field. And, and when he took it out, aesthetically, it made the park a little bit more pleasing to the palate. You know, it, it, it wasn't just over the top. You know, I think that the, the ownership group that put that sculpture out there they were trying so hard to be Miami that they forgot that being Miami was just, hey, let's just be Miami. You know, yeah, because it went from one sculpture to two sculptures. I mean, I'm looking at the... Uh, the evolution of it? Uh, the, yeah, the evolution of it, it. It went from one to two to three to four. Yeah. Now, um, you were saying in other news, and we're going to you know try to wrap up the sports here today. Uh, um, yeah. The NBA play-in yeah. started. Um, Jazz is really looking at number one right now. Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and uh, um, the because uh, right now it's uh, I guess it's the Lakers the- are kind of in freakout mode. Yeah. LeBron hurt his ankle again. Oh no! I know. It's just yeah. It's it's tragic. The what is the team gonna do? It's not like. He's like the prime player of the whole team. He's not the... He, he is the team. Yeah, yeah. He, mean, he is the team. Oh, my God. You know, but, I mean, it's... I mean, at this point, you have to look at LeBron 
And you're either uh, one of two camps. You're either full potato for, for LeBron, and he's the greatest thing since Betty White because she's actually older than sliced bread. Or literally. She was born, and then like a few years later, somebody marketed yeah, sliced, sliced bread. bread. Huh. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so um, so either either you're full potato for LeBron or you are like myself where, yes, the guy, the guy is – he has his merits. He he plays a very physical. He played a very physical game. He has a high degree of talent. Uh, for somebody with no college education, he has a lot of business sense. Yeah. Um, and but I, mean, I hate to say this, it doesn't take that much for to have a lot. Well, of with the money that you've got, with the money that he's got, it yeah, no, you're right. It doesn't take a lot of 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 forethought to learn how to invest yeah um but uh do i think that the nba would probably be any worse off without him no i don't uh if anything else i think that the nba might be taken a little bit more legitimately just because we don't have to sit here and listen to the dribble that is coming out of lebron's mouth I mean, he's always going to be an omnipresent kind of a thing because he's going to find his way to weasel his way back into the sport, whether he's going to try to figure out a way to sit on the desk with with Shaq, you know, doing TNT games, or, you know, he's going to try to figure out a way to buy into a team as part as, as a part owner. Um, but well, I think, I think I as figured, a player... I figured China would help him out with that. Well, yeah. But I think as a player... Yeah. He's already he's already you know the second half of the season he was already getting limited playing time because of his quote unquote injuries. You know, and it's like I mean, you could even go back as far as 5 6 years and we're talking about LeBron being the king of the flop. Yeah. And he was he was I guess it's that whole uh, people hating uh, winners thing, but he just opens up his. It's it's not that he doesn't help his cause. No, he doesn't. at all. He doesn't help his cause. Now, again, we've had that discussion before, previous episodes, where you know it's like we're about the freedom of speech, but when you're at work, do your job. Yeah, you're at work to work. Like if you and I showed up to work, and we started spouting off at the mouth. And and just unleashed this torrent of verbal diarrhea, like he is, and like he does, we'd get fired. Yeah. Because that's not the time and or the place. When when we're at work, we're there to work. And I think that and it's got nothing to do with color. So let's just disqualify that as an argument right now. But I, I think that you know because you see it on both sides. You know you you've got players of every ethnicity in different sports that get in there and they are uh, uh, they just get this you know these huge contracts and then all of a sudden they think that their opinion matters and it's like well yes your opinion matters but not on the court not on the field it, it, you know because you're at work you, yeah. you, I pay you to do a job I don't pay you to come in here and use my team as a platform to push your point of view down everybody's throat. On, on something like that, what, what that actually basically is, is uh, they're co-works. Uh, co- they're talked up. I'll just use talked up. They're talked up to uh, be that kind of person at times. Yeah. Because if someone goes, oh, you have a platform, you should use that platform to do... Uh, your due diligence to this cause or this cause. Now, some of the causes they actually put up to, like uh, the dude that played uh, the T-1000. Talking about... Uh, God, I can't remember his no, name. No, 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 no. Pat- Patrick? Uh, yeah, Patrick... Uh, shit. I feel bad now. Yeah. God, Patrick. Uh, Robert Patrick. Robert God. Patrick, thank you. I mean, he does so much stuff for veterans and everything. Yeah, him and Gary Sinise. Yeah, Gary Sinise. Those are the two people. I mean, even even if it wasn't veteran stuff and everything like that, they still do, like, they 
hands over heels. They're just regular guys. Yeah, it, it, they they use their platform in more of a, a philanthropic, you know, context as opposed to using it as a sounding board to mold minds. You know, yeah. and 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 I even use that term very very loosely. But I, I want to get away from the NBA. Because, um, you know, with the playoffs just barely starting, there's not going to be a whole lot to talk about. Um, Let's kind of run down uh, tonight's schedule. So just real quick, and then we'll move on to something else. Because I just got um, some news that dropped in the NASCAR world. But Okay. um, So tonight, uh, it's 6.30 Eastern time on TNT. There's going to be the Charlotte and Indiana series that's going to start. And then at 9 o'clock Eastern time, it's going to be 8 Central on TNT. Um, there's going to be the Washington and Boston series that's going to start for the play-in. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, the Wednesday the 19th, uh, we're going to see the San Antonio Spurs uh, and, and the Memphis Grizzlies uh, face off. And then on ESPN at 10.30, 9.30 Central, Golden State Warriors versus the LeBronless Lakers. So... Um, that that'll be you know something those those are going to be the basically kind of like the big highlight games for this play in tournament. Uh, we'll see how it all how you know how it all pans out. Um, see what kind of reception that those teams that win those play in tournaments get once they get into the actual brackets for the actual NBA playoffs, and then we can just go from there. And we'll have more things to talk about, and we'll definitely as the weeks progress, we'll we'll keep up with what's going on in the NBA playoff world. Um, because it, it is, it is going to be something of note. So it's, you know, we're just, again, we're doing our due diligence by reporting and just throwing our opinions in because, well, it's our channel. We can do what we want and we don't even get paid for this. So it's not like we're at work, but, but you uh, get free food at times. Uh, yeah, at times. Okay. So, uh, moving on. So, uh, God, I wish I could move on from this. <laughs> you ever, you ever get, you ever get into, uh, that, uh, rabbit hole on accident and you just wonder what it was right it, it's, it's yeah it, well I, I, I had to get uh robert patrick's name and everything like that because we just had you hit his imdb fart. page didn't you no, no i hit uh t1000 strain i was like t1000 strain i was thinking medical strain okay okay it's pot Oh God! Okay, yeah. I just—that that that it popped into my head, and I was like, "Well, no, that can't be where he's going with it." But yeah, that's exactly where he's going with it. I was literally thinking medical strain. I was like, "There's like, well, they they name weird stuff for like medical stuff and everything like that." And then I was like, "What the hell is this?" All right, so moving into NASCAR real quick. Okay. Next week, um, the. Circuit of the Americas, which is down in Austin, it's a road course. Yeah. The inaugural sprint, uh, the inaugural NASCAR races are going to be run down there okay. next weekend. So it's going to be the first time NASCAR's run on those tracks on that track. Uh, the Xfinity guys and the Cup Series guys are both going to run their inaugural races next weekend. Um, it's going to it's a quirky little track. Uh, really, it's got it's it's got a lot of history uh, for as young as of, of a track as it is. It's got a lot of history on it already, just basically due to like the IndyCar, the you know, the, the, like the, the touring series that that run there. Okay. Uh, you got a lot of drivers in the in the Xfinity and the Cup Series that are running those i racing uh, simulations on that track already to try to get used to the turns uh, that the track is going to be. You know that that the track's going to offer just to try to figure out where their exit points are going to be, where their entry points are going to be, throttle control, stuff like that, to get some familiarization with the track before they actually strap into the cars. Okay. But um, so, but, but Brad Keselowski, this, this dropped about two hours ago. Okay. Um, Brad Keselowski, he, currently he runs the number two Ford Mustang for Penske Racing. Uh-huh. Um, he's already won a couple of championships in that car. Uh, well, one, one, one or two championships in that car. Anyways, um, He's been, they're saying that he is uh, considering an offer to become the next driver with an ownership interest in the sport. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about, we're going way back. We're, we're talking about, like, Alan Kowicki, you know, Tony Stewart. They were, they were owner drivers of, you know, they owned the car that they drove. And so their team, right, kind of a and thing. what a lot of people don't understand is how difficult that is because those cars are 
freaking expensive. Yeah, the, the cars themselves and are expensive. They're like $250,000 a piece. That's not the expensive thing. Right. The expensive part is the, the insurance, the, the maintenance, the upkeep, the travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's where these sponsorship dollars come into play. Your crew? The crew. I mean, and it's just, I mean, the, it's, it's, I mean, the, it's, and that's why everybody kind of like, you know, they don't understand that. So it, it's, it's a business. Just like you start seeing these corporate sponsors on 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 uh, basketball jerseys now, yeah, you know it's like, well, why are they doing that? Well, because the, the NBA is taking a hit; they're losing money. They're they're I mean they're hemorrhaging cash, and you know so they they reach out to these these corporations and say, well, you can put your logo on our jerseys if you help with our uh, you know our our annual operating costs kind of a thing. Plus, you get seen. You know it's it's. It's 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 a, it's a win win because well, it's like we, what we do for free for Black Rifle Coffee. I mean, yeah, it's seen. Like it, it, it's seen. So I mean, if they were to come in and say, you know what, we're going to sponsor your, you know your your podcast, then you know then at that point, yes, we have to do those obligatory com- uh, obligatory commercials and whatever. But and and that's fine. You know, Evan, give us a call. But um, getting back to the story, um, Brett Keselowski, he's only thirty seven years old. You know, and and the guy he can drive. I mean, the, dude, the dude's a wheel man. I, I may not agree with his attitude or his personality a lot of times, but at the end of the day, the the road that he took to get to where he's at in the sport is it, it's really if if you've never heard it, check out the Dale Junior download. It's a it's a podcast that Dale Junior Dale Earnhardt Junior uh, hosts. Yeah. Um, when he interviewed uh, Brett Keselowski, uh, I think it was last year. Dude, it, it was it was great. It was a really great story, and it's really a good podcast to subscribe to too. Also, so yeah, Dale Jr. gets a free plug from us as well. But um, he was being he's been offered a full time Cup Series ride with Roush Fenway Racing, beginning next season, in a deal that would include part ownership in a renamed team called RFK, which is Roush Fenway Kazalowski Racing. Um, and it's been and it's been confirmed by multiple sources. So it's not one guy just kind of throwing something out there to say, "Well, you heard it here first. Let's hope it's accurate." Um, it's basically him saying it. Yeah. Accurate. Now he currently runs the number two car for Pinsky, Roger Pinsky, um, but he would be the come that he would become the driver of the number six Ford, which is currently being run by Ryan Newman. Okay. What's uh, that uh, transition like though with something like that? I mean. Well, uh, it, it, I mean, he, basically, I mean, as far as like, as far as like personalities, you know, getting people integrated into the systems and doing this, that, and the other. Because um, does he just take on his old crew and everything? No, he wouldn't take his crew. The crew that he has now would stay at Penske. Um, there may be some kind of like uh, incentives uh, that are being offered there. I mean, you know, he would be like, well, if I go here, I want to bring my crew chief with me or uh, Jack Roush, who is very, very, st- st- I mean, he's, I don't want to say stingy. He's uh, hes very rigid as far as the way he runs his operations. Um, so with with that, I mean, he may say, okay, well, Jack Roush, no, he's not a micromanager. Um, but Jack Roush may have come in and said, you know, hey, look, you're going to run with this crew. We'll move some personnel around, but this is going to be your crew chief. And you're going to have to get to know him. You're going to have to learn how to work with him, uh, because the, the 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 communication dynamic between crew chief and and driver very paramount. Because the driver is giving you real time data as to what the car is doing, and so the crew chief can use that information to uh, make changes on the car, whether it be air pressure adjustments or chassis adjustments when they come in for the pits. And so uh, one of the best driver crew chief you know communication dynamics that you've that i've ever seen was the one between jimmy johnson and chad canals uh i mean they 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 won seven championships together yeah and uh i mean and there was even a string there where he won five titles in a row back to back to back to back to back and we'll never see that ever get replicated ever again i mean we may see another seven-time champion we may see an eight-time champion but we'll never see somebody rattle off five championships in a row. Not not the way that these two guys did it. I mean, it's like during that five year span, they dominated. I mean, I mean, absolutely dominated. And 
it was kind of cool to watch because you knew that you were seeing something historic. I mean, you may not have liked it because you got tired of seeing the same guy win all the time. But the way that Jimmy Johnson ran his races, yeah, he was a jackass from El Cajon, California. But he he ran the races in kind of like this – I mean, he ran – for the most part, he ran his races really clean. He didn't put the bumper to people to move them up out of the way, you know, a whole lot. I mean, yeah, you saw him do it, but I mean, he didn't do it to the extent where he became the bad guy. I mean, he ran his races the right way, at least like he did in my opinion. And I wasn't even a big, huge Jimmy Johnson fan back in the day, but I think that with Kizilowski, when he moves over, if he decides to pull the trigger and do this, and he moves over, um, I mean, I, I think that it would be I think it would be advantageous not only for him, but I think for Roush Fenway Sports because Roush, Jack Roush coupled with the Fenway Sports Group who own um, Manchester United and the Boston Red Sox, uh, they, they coupled, they, they came in there and said, okay, well, we're going to help you out. We're going to buy part of this team and we, you know, we're going to help operating costs and things like that. I think with Keselowski coming in and, and, and joining that and it becoming this huge three-owner thing, I think that uh, – I think that it's going to help him in the long run. It's going to help him towards the end of his career to make that transition out of the seat and into more of the the managerial ownership role. Um, it's not going to mean it's not going to say that he's going to miss the competition from driving. Uh, I mean, I mean, even Tony Stewart still runs you know the occasional dirt car because he he loves driving, but he enjoys the freedom that not having to climb into a seat every weekend offers him. So, I mean, there's there's that whole thing too. But I think that with, with Brad Keselowski stepping into a potential ownership role, it's going gonna, it's gonna to enable him to kind of like access this whole other facet of his career and, 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 and uh, persona as a driver. It might not happen this weekend, though. No, I mean, they're going to if, – if there's any kind of like announcement, they'll hold off until the end of the season. Well, I was talking about the race this weekend in Austin. Oh yeah, yeah, with the rain, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was looking. Well, no, because like, with the road courses, they have rain tires that they can put on those cars. Okay. And those cars can be outfitted with a single windshield wiper. But I mean. But it's looking like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if if it rains to the point where it becomes too terribly like the vision is just shit, then yeah, they won't run those cars, but. They have the opportunity. They have the uh, the resources. Like, because you know NASCAR with these with these road courses, I think there's like six road course races this year on the schedule. And so they they've been experimenting with like the lower series, like the trucks and the Xfinity guys running those wet, uh, those wet weather tires. Um, and I mean it was entertaining to watch. And I mean they even ran with the rain tires. Do they do a lot of slipping and sliding on those. No, uh-uh. I mean because those rain tires have grooves in them, just like our street tires do. But they're incredibly soft compound tires, so they wear easily. I mean, they wear oh, faster. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like if you know you're running that rain tire on a on a dry portion of the track, oh, it's going to tear that tire up. You know, and conversely, if you're running those, if you're running the slicks, like they do on a dry dry conditions track, you're not going to have any traction because that's an, that's a one solid contact patch, and the water's got nowhere to go. Whereas with the rain tires, they're grooved. So it's pushing the water out from underneath the tire. So it's it's creating traction that way. But uh, it's a softer compound tire. So I mean, the, we'll just have to watch the radar, watch the weather reports. I know the NASCAR is probably already all over it. Um, they've they've you know Goodyear supplies those tires, and you know Goodyear they do the, they do their homework for the most part. Uh, I, I can think of maybe three four races over the last five six years where tires have been the headline instead of the action on the track. I really wish I bought Goodyear's instead of Michelin, but Goodyear has that thing now to where it'll actually indicate where you when you need to actually change the tire. Yeah, um, yeah. Where, where you mean like where it notifies you like electronically in the car, mm-hmm. or just it's like there's the a, there's the, there's a wear indicator. Yeah, it's it's like a scale. It goes from like uh, eight. To two, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It's just a. Hey, let me see if I can bring it up. I think it's either Goodyear. I don't have it on my Michelin tires, and it's probably a new thing. Uh, 
Yeah, because normally there's like uh, when the when the tread gets down to a certain point, there's a a ridge that runs across the the width of the tire, and when you can start seeing that become visible, then it's time to get your tire changed, kind of a deal. Yeah. Are you talking about like something like very noticeable, like a, like a, a layer of colored rubber or something like that? Ah. <laughs> He'll post the picture. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I'll post it on, on this. It's a new thing that actually uh, did to measure the depths of the tire and everything. Yeah. You know, so I mean, okay, so, you know, NASCAR is kind of funny. It's, it's, they, they've got this, they call it the silly season. It's kind of like baseball has their hot stove, um, where at the end of every season, or, you know, when the trade deadlines start to approach and you get, you know, and then the end of the season, all these free agents start moving around and everybody's like watching it. And they call it the hot stove in baseball. They call it the silly season, you know, for NASCAR. You know, what drivers are going to go where, who's staying, who's going. I mean, crew chiefs are moving around, stuff like that. Um, I mean, because if Keselowski decides to pull the trigger and he accepts that deal with Roush, that means he's going to open up a seat at, at Penske in the number two car, right? Yeah. So that's going to really, that's, I mean, that's going to be a very coveted seat. And so... Um, Is it going to be coveted because of... Uh, it's not because of who drove it, but it's going to be coveted because, one, it's an open seat. Two, it's going to be an open seat for a very well-funded team. Okay. That's you know, very competitive, because Penske, I don't like Roger Penske racing. I don't, don't, don't. Um, now, they... they like their buddy. Okay, so like Ryan Blaney drives the number twelve car for for Penske. I like Ryan Blaney. I mean, he, he's he's a throwback personality. He drives. He keeps his mouth shut, and he drives the hell out of his car. Okay, Joey Logano drives the twenty two car for Roger for Roger Penske. I think we could do without Joey Logano a lot. I really do. Um, I I don't care for Joey Logano. Uh, I, I know he paid his dues for the most part, uh, and and he just he's he, he just whines way too much. Yeah. And not to say that the guy doesn't have talent, because obviously he has to have talent to get to where he's at. Oh, is it just his personality? It's just going? his personality. It's like, oh, good God. Now, Dale Earnhardt Sr. said, as long as they're making noise, you're doing something right. So, you know, great, fine. He's doing something right. He's got a lot of boo birds out there, and that includes myself. If he's leading a race, I want to see him blow a tire. I want to see him miss the exit on a turn, and I want to see him put it in the wall, not head first, obviously. I want to see him pancake the sides of his car up into the retaining wall. You know, or I want to see somebody get him loose and get him out of the racing groove, and he has to let, you know, lift out of the throttle, and he loses positions. You know, or I want to see him blow an engine. I don't want to see this man succeed in cup racing. You know, I hate... I don't, I don't want to say hate. I just, I really don't like having to hear Joey Logano wins this race or this, you know, I don't. Because even when he, like, okay, so like this past weekend, they made adjustments on his car uh, mid-race and it really kind of brought the car to life. And so he was making moves through the field. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports, who I pull for, finished one, two, three, four. They swept the top four positions. Uh, at the race in, at, at Dover this year or this weekend, okay, historic. I mean, this first time it had happened for the organization, and it's one of the very few times in NASCAR history where a single team has swept the top four spots. Yeah, that's pretty much difficult. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the rarity of that with the parity that we have in NASCAR, all four teams have to be firing on all eight cylinders, and everything yeah. has to go just right. Um, it, uh, because what a lot of people don't understand on that is it really is. A once the team can come together like that, yeah. I mean, like it flows a lot smoother, and you can basically pick who's going to be number one spot that week. Well, no, and, and I see. Okay, so yeah, while well, you've got within the teams, the organizations themselves, yes, they share information from team to team, and that's that's because it's the team, and ultimately, the better the entire organization does, the better the other all the four teams are going to do. Okay, but. Within the organization, you've got the four teams that are vying every week to win races. And uh, the only one for Hendrick Motorsports this year so far that does not have a win 
is the reigning champ, and that's Chase Elliott. Um, it's not to say that he hasn't been close. I mean, this car has been consistently getting better and better every week, and I think that you know we, eventually we are going to see Chase Elliott back in victory lane before the end of the season, and before the playoffs start even. Um, I think Hendrick is going to be one of those teams where, you know, one of those organizations where we've got all four cars advancing through the playoffs, and we're not going to start seeing drop-offs until late into the playoff rounds, you know, as we start getting closer to, like, the, uh, the Elite Eight, the, the Final Four, you know, and then, you know, ultimately that championship weekend. I, I don't think that it's going to be a clean sweep for Hendrick going into the championship weekend, but I, it, we're going to see the, the consistency and the information sharing within the Hendrick Motorsports organization as a whole really, really kind of coming to light. Um, but with the individual teams, yeah, I mean, the, the one car setup may not work for, you know, work across the board. So, and, and a lot of that is based on the driving style and, you know, how the car unloads off the, off the, off the truck. If the car unloads fast, great, and they don't have to make a whole lot of adjustments, watch for that car to really kind of just amp it up and just kind of, more or less put a put a put on a clinic on how to run that track and the only thing that would keep that car from losing you know from winning the race would be accidents pit road mistakes and not keeping up with the track because the conditions will change throughout the course of the of the race and affect the handling of the car and the way that the car can accelerate uh through a corner out of a corner off of a corner down the straightaways it's gonna you know it's gonna affect it's like track temperature air temperature um uh, whether or not the car can handle in, in what they call dirty air versus clean air. Moisture on the road. No, no. I mean, it, 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 because they're, for the most part, these, these, these races are being run on dry tracks. With the, well, except, well, the, the exception of, of, you know, the road courses where, you know, you have the option or the ability to run on, on a wet track because of the tires that are being brought by Goodyear. But when we're talking about our intermediate tracks or super speedways, or even the road courses, when they're dry, it's it's how that car is set up at the shop, because you've got not just crew chiefs, you've got car chiefs, and you've got engineers. And I mean, they they there's so much that goes into setting up these cars before they hit the track. I mean, these cars, they I mean, they they the drivers run through simulations, and the information that is you know drawn from the simulations go into how the car is set up. Uh, NASCAR has limited uh, teams to a certain number of wind tunnel tests per year. So, I mean, the information that they get off the wind tunnel tests go into how the car gets set up. Um, and, they, and all that information that they gather from these tests that, you know, whether it be simulations or what's called as a, a seven-post shaker, shaker rig, uh, where they put an actual car up on, uh, on a platform which has got like seven posts that, that – operate independently to simulate track conditions and uh, suspension. I mean, it just, there's so many things that go into how these cars get set up, but the individual teams can have, you know, like four car, four car teams can have four different car setups. And what they'll do is the, the, the crew chief makes notes and they have these huge notebooks and they keep everything digital and written down, you know, what setups were best for this conditions for this particular race at the risk at this racetrack. And they can use that to kind of go off for the following year, if that race occurs within the same time frame of the you know the calendar year. So they they know the environmental conditions are going to kind of sort of be the same. They can try to get the car to set up for that race, and it's all about how how they keep up with the track, how well the information is communicated between the driver and the crew chief, the things of those natures. But um, yeah, so I mean, so far uh, the the season uh, that NASCAR has put together. Uh, at the beginning of the year, they, they really, really, really wanted, uh, they, they've been really pushing this tagline, the best season ever. We've got like eight or nine different winners already this year. We've got a couple of repeat winners. We've got William Byron, I think he's won a couple of races. Uh, Alex Bowman's won a couple of races already. Uh, Martin Truex Jr.'s won a couple of races already. Uh, and then you've got you know your single you know single winners like Kyle Larson's won a race, uh, Brad Keselowski he's won a race, uh, Kyle Busch has won a race, Joey Logano has won a race. Um, you know, so I mean we're 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 starting to see a lot of that parity 
start to really kind of come through and shine. And I think that with NASCAR doing what they're doing with the schedule, uh, it, it really it really forces the teams to focus on car setup versus engine packages and things of that nature. So, um, which oddly enough still kind of play into how a car is set up, but uh, all that aside, uh, if, if the weather holds out and depending on what NASCAR does and how they manage their resources for this race coming into next weekend, I think the, 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 the Coda race down in Austin is going to be really, uh, it's going to be a really fun race to watch. Um, I like I like watching road course races anyway, just because um, with I mean, especially with this the Circuit of the Americas. I mean, they've got these long straightaways and narrow turns. So I mean, you, you look for a thing. I mean, you're going to hear the term called you know term term dive bomb city be used a lot next weekend because mm-hmm. you're going to get these teams. I mean, these cars they're going to haul and butt down these down down these straightaways and. The braking zones, the heavy braking that's going to be required to get into these turns, it's going to set up for a lot of passing opportunities, and it's going to be based on the on the driver's ability to outbreak another guy. You know, to outbreak the person that they're racing to that corner. Because if you can outbreak somebody, if you can dive or dive deeper into the turn before you get onto the brakes and 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 outbreak in some turns and 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 out dive in other turns. I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna make for a fun race to watch, and uh, there's a, a series of S's at, uh, at the circuit or circuit of Americas. If you mess up one of the S turns, you're gonna mess them all up because I mean you have to go into that section of the track a certain way, <laughs> and you try to you try to straighten those S turns out, those hairpins, try to straighten those hairpins out as much as possible. So that way you don't have to scrub off as much speed as you would normally need to. Because they're front-row wheel drive instead of rear-wheel drive. Mm-mm, they're rear-wheel drive cars. All the, power, all the power that is being put down on the track is being put down at the rear wheel. And, uh, I mean, but aerodynamics and downforce is still going to play a lot for the front end because how they set up the suspension yeah. and the tire pressures for the front ends dictates how much grip you're going to have. You know, whether or not the front end is going to plow, whether or not the front end is going to just, I mean, you're going to hear a lot of term. you're going to hear the term tire hop a lot mm-hmm. uh, coming into this race next weekend because these braking, braking zones on these road courses, if you over-brake or if you enter a turn just wrong, you, you, the tires will actually hop and across the, or the racing surface. And so you'll, you'll start to see... You know the the cars get loose into a turn, or they'll they'll have to come up out of the racing groove to you know regain control of their car as they're coming in and out of these braking zones, and and it'll make or break the race for a lot of these race uh, race teams. And uh, it, it's overall, I think it's going to be a fun race to watch. I'm actually kind of looking forward to it, um, just because it really highlights the ability of that particular driver on a road course versus. You know, versus the car being the the, the center of attention, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun race to watch. But uh, I I really I don't I don't see a whole lot of uh, I, I didn't really see a whole lot of other things going on in the news as far as the sporting world was concerned this week. No, not really. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of the stuff is dying down because more people. Uh, one, it's dying down because a lot of the uh, news companies and everything are on the brink of bankruptcy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they got rid of... I mean, if you look at all the late-night shows they got rid of... Yeah. Uh, Ellen's out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, well, and, and, and as yeah. much as she would like to say it's because uh, of her attitude and everything, no, it's just ratings. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and I read somewhere, too, that it, like her contract was up and she didn't want to renew it anyway, but... No, it's just and, and, the, the yeah, ratings. ratings have been down. Um, ratings are down all over the place because people are they're not watching as much TV because why they're letting us outside. Well, I say they're letting us outside. It's like, well, it's not even that. I had this thing back in two thousand eight when uh, Netflix started doing their streaming. Yeah, uh, I knew that was going to be the new norm, and I knew that I it was going to have to be some kind of. Uh, uh, break basically 
that pushed everybody to the point to where they have to see they'd rather be at home and everything which right uh, movie theaters might be a thing, but very they're going to have to change their prices or or something to that extent. Yeah, um, yeah, and you're starting to see a lot more movies being advertised as in theaters only. So they're getting away from that theater at home or from those those early access things. They're trying to trying to. Um, I think yeah. the streaming services are going to fight that, uh, especially things like Disney Plus. Well, what they're doing now is, I mean, you're going to have to end up buying more. Is what they're doing is they might end up monetizing. They're in the talks doing that with like HBO Max, uh, Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah, Disney or yeah, Disney Plus. Disney's Plus still has their premiere access. I think HBO Max is going to have the model that's going to be the prevalent one going forward, where if you subscribe to the service, you're going to be able to get access to that, but they'll they'll be able to garner revenue based on the number of streams. Yeah, you know they're going to look at it almost like a like a ratings type program. Because, um, I mean, I watched uh, Kong vs. Godzilla on HBO Max when it came out. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 when it came out. Uh, I really wasn't really impressed with that. Eh, I, was, I, I was on the fence about it. But, um, oh, and, and, and Mortal Kombat when it came out. Oh, God, Mortal Kombat. I watched like, it three or four times. Dude, that was, you know, that surprisingly, really that was really good. It was really, really good. And for those of us who grew up in the 80s and 90s, and you know, every time you see New Line Cinema come across your screen, you're like, oh, God, here it comes, the cheese. It, while there was a degree of cheese in there, I think that New Line Cinema actually kind of reinvented themselves a bit with this Mortal, new, this new iteration really of Mortal say, Kombat. Can't really say that because it gave us Blade and it gave us the start of uh, really good comic book movies. It gave us Blade, but it also gave us Blade Trinity. Can't say anything because Ryan Reynolds was in it. It was actually. I, it, well, we are I, not. Ryan well, Reynolds we are not it. arguing the 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 sexiness of Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds himself even was like, yeah, I really wish I hadn't done that movie. He he actually brought in. Uh, he he made that movie. Yeah, I mean, it, but, it, it, the only reason why that that movie was even remotely watchable was because of him. Yeah, but. New Line Cinema, I mean... it got no, if It's gotten away. I mean, the only thing really that you were able to watch that was any kind of anything good was uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, Peter Jackson, I think, single-handedly saved New Line Cinema. Yeah. But... But it was, it was really... But uh, New Line Cinema, they, they'd kind of become synonymous with that 90s campy over-the-top, you know? I mean, they're, they're, the, the, I think the one thing that really saved them during the course of the 90s was the Ninja Turtle franchise. You know, I mean, because I saw all three movies in the theater. Yes, I was one of those guys. You know, but... I, I, I went to go see the musical. It was a thing that was in town. I, I really liked the Ninja Turtles that much. There was a musical. Yes, yeah, I had an idea. No. Um, but... Uh, Thank you, Amazon, for telling me that my tourniquets and my tactical flashlights and uh, compression bandages got delivered. Yeah, so there's there's that notification. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm moving. I'm moving. Uh, I, I, well, I get, I'm not moving. Get... Moving, but uh, I'm 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 um, with my my rugging program. I got a plate carrier, oh. and I I built an IFAC pouch for it, uh, which is the intermediate first aid kit for those of you who don't know. But uh, it's basically just the first aid kit. So I've been stocking my first aid kit that's going that's going to be on my plate carrier. I've got my plates coming later this week. I think they're actually probably either today or tomorrow. But uh, I'm going to start using the plate carrier more on my rucks as, as opposed to the actual ruck because it's still the same weight, but it's going to be a more balanced load. And I'll be able to, you know, start training for things like the MRF. Yeah. You know, going into next year, but uh, <clears throat> actually, we can call it for the rest of the uh, of this episode. Yeah, actually, yeah. So, um, uh, and we can get into uh, other things. But uh, this is Nerd Sports. I'm David Dickerman. I'm Johnny Skelton. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like, and, like, uh, and check and out our turn on your notifications. And, uh, yeah, give us a comment. If it's only one, guess what? You want a T-shirt. Yeah, and if it's uh, two, uh, we might have to pick and choose and. Yeah, give y'all knives and fight the death. That's the yeah. thing, right? We can do that, right? I'm trying to think of how we can do that virtually. You know what? If if we if virtually? we get if it well no if we get into a com like a, if we get into a comment battle, 
we can we can set up a. Uh, it can't be. You know what? Here's what we can do. The, well, there's got to be some dis, uh, disclaimer to where it can't be anything racist. It can't be anything. Right. Really We're gonna have our ground rules, but I think what we could do is we could do like a like a an audio. Battle. We could we could do we an audio on only. Facebook. Hold on, timeout, ceasefire. Okay. We can do an audio only Skype, kind of like a like a uh, like a burn off. Yes. You know, I remember like Dude. Jim Rome used to do back in the day. Yeah. You know, it just it just the trash talk. He would have guys call in and it was like, "Okay, what's your take on it?" We could have we could we could, you know, we we could do uh if if we have competing comments and we're just like these two are just squaring off and they've made it personal. We'll 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 get their contact information. We'll Skype them audio only so they can't see each other because you can't Use somebody's physical appearance. That's got to be one of the ground rules, and we can control that one. But we can do like an audio-only Skype call where we can have those two square off against each other. We can sit here and moderate it. And I think it would work really well. And the winner would not only get a T-shirt, but we'd probably like maybe throw like a bag of Black Rifle coffee at him as well. Dude, yeah. I would, that, would be, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I think awesome. that that would work. So That would be freaking awesome. Yeah, so I want to grab popcorn for that. That, that sounds so awesome. exactly. Yeah, so I mean, we can sit there and moderate. Be like, okay, that one we're going to deduct a point because ah, you you got a little too close to violating the rules there. That's that's a gray area. We don't operate in gray. It's all black and white. So yeah, um, yeah, that's something we could take a look at. But uh, definitely, uh, you know, like we were saying, uh, give it give it smash that subscribe button, hit the bell for the notifications. Definitely get engaged in the comments. Uh, check out our online store. Give us a like on Facebook and check out our Spotify page. Uh, it's still Angry Me Production. Uh, just give us a follow, and um, you know we're we're trying to generate that 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 frequency. We're trying to generate the revenue to yeah, help us to help the show is get better. Really is really hard to find our page on uh, on YouTube. Yeah. So, ridiculous. but he's David Dickerman. I'm Johnny Skelton, and we'll see you guys next week. All right, love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye.